I'd like to thank KTMS 990 and Montecito Bank and Trust for making Scam Squad possible. I'm Patty Teal. And I'm Deputy District Attorney Vicki Johnson. Scam Squad is up next. Sound off. One, two. Sound off. Three, four. One, two, three, four. Scam Squad. Welcome to Scam Squad. I'm so excited about the show we have planned for you today. If you've tuned in to the last few shows, you know that the Better Business Bureaus of the Tri-Counties has a new segment that follows Scam Squad. The District Attorney's Office and Better Business Bureau of the Tri-Counties share a common goal to protect citizens from dishonest business practices. So on today's Scam Squad, we're lucky enough to have both Deputy District Attorney Vicki Johnson and Rick Copeland, President and CEO of Better Business Bureau of the Tri-Counties. It's wonderful to have you both here together. And Vicki, I'm going to turn it over to you. Okay. Well, Rick, welcome to Scam Squad. I'm really happy that you're here. For our listeners, I had the pleasure of listening to a talk that Rick did to our Tri-Counties Fraud Working Group, and I learned so much about the Better Business Bureau and what they do, and I now refer people regularly to the Better Business Bureau here in Santa Barbara. So, Rick, really happy that you're here to give us some more information. But to get started, I'm wondering, can you tell us a little bit about the history of the Better Business Bureau? How did this organization get started? Thanks for having me. It's an honor to be here, and I've taken a lot of pleasure out of working with Vicki and getting the word out and look forward to doing a lot more. The Better Business Bureau basically started back in the days of snake oil salesmen, you know, early 1900s, pretty much anything was fair game as far as advertising is concerned. I, I think a lot of people are familiar with some of the claims that people, and as I said, snake oil salesmen used to make. Mm -hmm. And basically, the U.S. government went to business leaders and said, hey, either you guys get your act together or we're going to get it together for you. So they formed the Better Business Bureau and the basis of the organization in the beginning and still is one of the mainstays of our everyday functions was processing complaints. What we do, without getting too far ahead of myself, we always send a complaint to any business, in my case, in the Tri-County area. Again, any business, I mean, a company who's not a member as well as one who is a member, which we, these days we call accredited businesses. But anyway, we send a complaint from the customer to the business and ask for their response, and generally they do, and then we provide that response to the consumer. So we help, and that's a very simplified version of it. I mean, it can go a couple more steps. But that process is really what helped get us on the map, so to speak, because before the Better Business Bureau was here, you really had nowhere else to go, you know, other than the government or your terribly overburdened police departments. The idea was for business to regulate itself through this complaint process, and I think we've done a pretty good job of it. It's 107 years now we've been doing wow. it. So that's amazing. So, Rick, tell me, how does somebody become a member of the Better Business Bureau? If I have a business and I want to become a member of your organization, what do I need to do? Thanks for asking that question because we're proud of the fact that we are an invitation-only organization. You generally can't call us up and pay your money and get your plaque. But first of all, company has to have at least a little bit of a track record with their customers before we'll consider taking an application. And that can be as little as six months or as much as a couple of years. But generally, once a company's been in business six months, if they have their licensing in order, 
If they don't have multiple complaints with us, that's one of the beauties of the Internet age now is we also can do a fairly comprehensive background check on the principles of a business because, believe it or not, and I'm being completely facetious, uh, businesses will make up a false profile. And once they get, oh, so it's like Vicky's team really comes down on a company, it's not unusual for them to change their names and hide the real principles, that kind of a thing. We vet companies carefully before they join. And then my board of directors has final approval. And they're local businessmen and women who some of them you may know that are established companies. And they have the final say mm-hmm. uh, on who can become a member. That's good information. One of the questions that I frequently get, as you may know, I have a fraud hotline here at the office, and it goes directly to my office, bypasses our recording system down below. But one of the questions I often get on my fraud hotline goes something like this. I've invested in Company Z, just making up the name of that company, but I'm getting nervous about my investment because I'm not getting any returns back. How can I find out if this is a legitimate company? Now, I always refer that question to Better Business Bureau. I give them your number just right off the bat. How can someone use your website to get an answer to that question? Well, what you do, it's just bbb.org, and you put in the name of the company that you want information on. And when you go to bbb.org, the search engine knows where you are. And if it's not a local company, I mean, put in the company name. If it's not local, put in the city um, or even state where they're located and just hit enter, and uh, you should see a result. I work with a lot of seniors, and not all seniors are comfortable using a computer. So if somebody doesn't have a computer or isn't comfortable using one, can they just call the Better Business Bureau directly to get information? Well, yeah, absolutely. You can get a report on a business on the Internet, and the report includes things like basic company information and our rating. You know, we use an algorithm that assigns a rating from F at the bottom to A plus on the top. If there's government action that we're aware of that's been taken against the company, that will be part of the report. Mm -hmm. Um, And also, if people have filed complaints or customer reviews, you generally can read exactly what the customer wrote and how the company responded. So, but yes, definitely people can call us at uh, 805-963-8657. We are a bilingual BBB and we encourage people, especially seniors to come on in. You know, we've got a good friendly staff. We can sit them right down at a desk and help them research a company. And, And if they have a complaint, certainly help them file the complaint. People come in. We're even happy to go out to senior housing developments and speak to groups. We're always happy to do that. Well, that I think is just a tremendous service, especially for seniors. There's so few places nowadays where you can actually just come right in and talk to a live person. Maybe your banker, you can do that, or your financial advisor, you can do that. But so many organizations nowadays expect you to be able to navigate online. And not everybody, especially seniors, are comfortable doing that. So the idea that you can come into a friendly office, sit down and talk to somebody face-to-face, is, I think, just a tremendous service just right there. So, Where are you located, Rick, so people know that in Santa Barbara? Very near the corner of uh, Santa Barbara Street and Victoria, East Victoria. So it's the actual address is 211 
East Victoria, and we're in suite number A, right in the front on the bottom floor. So easy and access. No appointment needed? No, no. And we're open 8.30, every day, but we do close uh, on Fridays uh, at noon. Rick, we've been talking about businesses, but I also get questions from people who call me about charities. Can someone use the Better Business Bureau website or come into your office if need be to get information about a charity? And if so, what sort of information can they get? You know, people call and say, well, I want to donate to this charity, but I'm just not sure. And again, I always refer them to Better Business Bureau, so talk to us about that. Uh, one of the entities under the Better Business Bureau umbrella is our, uh, the Wise Giving Alliance, but they're better known by their website, which is just www.give, you know, G-I-V-E dot O-R-G. Mm-hmm. And they analyze charities and they have a whole uh, list of criteria that charities must meet in order to get a uh, satisfactory rating, as it were. I mean, they really center around how much of the money actually goes to the cause and how much is kept for operating expenses. And you'd be surprised at some of the companies that we feel keep too much for operating expenses. We don't think they're worthy of your donation to help save the whatever if a bunch of people are making millions of dollars and very little trickles down. That is information that somebody can get either from your website or going in and talking to somebody at the Better Business Bureau. Yeah, absolutely. What about investigation? I was surprised to learn that the Better Business Bureau does do their own investigations. So does that include companies or charities and what kind of things do you investigate? Well, it's companies primarily, and we work a lot with law enforcement. I mean, we've worked with your office before. Mm-hmm. We work a lot with federal law enforcement agencies, like primarily the Federal Trade Commission, and to a lesser extent, the Postal Inspector's Office. We're kind of the first place people go when they have a complaint against a company. And when we start seeing things that look suspicious, we'll open an investigation. We're not a law enforcement or government agency, but we want to look at a company because our job really is to let consumers know to the best of our ability who they're getting involved with. In the Tri-County area, we've got, well, about 2,700 member companies, but we have reports on almost 25,000 companies. And we're very familiar with trends of things. When we see something happening that looks suspicious, we'll open an investigation. Thanks to the Internet, there are a lot of different ways to discover information about companies. Sure. And when we find something that looks bad, again, that's when we like notify your office, Vicki, or, or someone mm-hmm. with Federal Trade Commission. And many times they request access to our complaints. Now, when someone files a complaint, of course, we don't make it known to the public what your name is, no address or yeah. anything like yeah. that. But we do keep records of that internally so that, you know, when we send a complaint to a company, they, they can at least tell us, oh, yeah, this is one of my customers, or conversely, they'll say this isn't. But so we have all that information that's hidden. So a lot of times when we find something, and we've done this with Santa Barbara County DA's office before, they'll request access to our complaints. And, you know, a lot of times when a company gets in trouble, if the agency is able to seize any assets, the people who've gone through the trouble to file the complaint are on the list to hopefully get some or all of their money back. It's always worthwhile filing a complaint So it sounds like your investigations are often generated by somebody filing a complaint 
with BBB. Then you start paying attention to the company, looking to see if there's other complaints that have been filed against the company. You mentioned referring some of your investigation to the district attorney's office if you think there's criminal activity or the Federal Trade Commission. And can you talk a little bit about that? It's a federal agency, and the reason we work with them so much is because there have been uh, less than legitimate companies spring up here, and they do business all across the United States, thus, you know, interstate commerce, and thus the federal. It's been in my experience often, it's the Postal Inspector's Office that actually enforces carries out the consequences of the of the investigations, but, but that's, that's not always the case. We submit all of our complaint data through the Federal Sentinel program, it's called, to the federal government, and then they disperse it to the agencies within. So I get calls all the time, you know, from agents from the FBI to the, again, FTC, FCC. They'll call and say, hey, you know, we're hearing something about this company, what do you have? And and again, that's where we open up access to the complaint database, and they use that to build their case. Oh, that's very interesting. And the postal inspector gets involved, too. They are out there, and they can do investigations, especially if somebody is using the mail for criminal activity, like lottery scams and that sort of thing. I know that the Better Business Bureau does many things that the average consumer knows absolutely nothing about, and I was one of those consumers who did not know many of the things that you did as an organization. Can you tell us one thing that you do that may surprise us? Oh, yeah. Our uh, scam tracker program, and it's relatively new, and if you just go to Google or any search engine and put in BBB Scam Tracker, you'll wind up to the, at this website. And what it is, is it's, it's like they call it a heat map, right? They'll show okay. a map of the United States. And then in areas where there are current or recent scams being reported by consumers, you see little data spots, you know, and you click on them. So if I were, you know, for instance, a senior and, and I'm getting a lot of calls from people, you know, the typical scams, I mean, we all get them from, you know, the supposedly it's the IRS who are going to come out and lock you up if you don't pay right. or, right. Yeah. you know, jury duty. I mean, all of these yeah. things. You, you hear them all the time. But yeah. Yeah. anyway, if you suspect something, you could go to Scam Tracker and then see what's in your area and maybe, you know, enter a search term of something that has to do with this mysterious call you got, and lo and behold, there may be other people in the area reporting the same thing. By the same token, we watch it closely, and when we see trends of things, then we take action. Although with Scam Tracker, it may be people reporting mysterious phone calls coming from, well, it may be coming from out of the country, which is very right. common. Often the and case, in those yeah. cases, yeah, right. In those cases, we can't really create a report on someone calling from out of the country, but we can create, you know, information pieces and have them in Scam Tracker, and we do press releases and all that kind of thing. Scam Tracker helps us keep the general public informed of the current scams that are occurring in their local area. Yeah, that's very interesting because with my fraud hotline, I notice that some of these scams seem to come in waves. And all of a sudden, for a month, I'll have three or four phone calls a week. Well, the latest one that seemed to just be rampant in our county was the Social Security scam. Somebody yeah. calling and saying, hey, there's something wrong with your Social Security number. 
I'm calling from Social Security office or your Social Security number has been connected to some criminal activity. We need to protect your bank account while we investigate this and please go down, take out all of your money, put it on green dot cards and send it to us. And unfortunately, I've had several phone calls from people who have gotten caught up in that, but amps do seem to come in waves. So the scam tracker would show that. And if someone were curious about, well, is this a scam phone call or not, they might be able to access scam tracker and see, oh yeah, it looks like there's a whole bunch of these calls that are in and around where I live. So this probably is a scam call. Would that be a way that a consumer could use that information on that website? Heck yeah, and we asked them to help us out and report scams as well. Go to Scam Tracker, and it's very simple. Just report what happened to you, and then the whole BBB system is looking at this. So say someone might think they're being scammed, for example, and maybe they're not, but they enter the company name of someone who contacted them, and turns out this company is maybe uh, under investigation at another BBB, you know, and they would mm-hmm. we would then contact them and ask them to file a complaint so, again, they can get in the database and hopefully get some relief somewhere down the line. You actually so often are talking to victims of a scam that tell their story, so maybe we could encourage them also to go to the scam tracker and tell their story there in addition to sharing it on Scam Squad. I think that's a great idea, Patty, because the more that we can collectively do to get the word out, the more we're going to help protect our population here in Santa Barbara. So let's say that I get a phone call, and I'm pretty sure it's a scam phone call. I want to report this, and I want this to be indicated on Scam Tracker. Would I contact Better Business Bureau? Would I file a complaint? How would I get that information logged into your Scam Tracker website? To get it on Scam Tracker, you just go to scamtracker.org and follow the steps, or just pick up the phone and give us a call. You know, we've got three uh, full time people that answer calls here, so we do it all day, every day, and uh, they love it. (laughs) Oh, that's fantastic. So the website itself has a place where you can put in your information because. Often I get calls from people who haven't been scammed, but they're calling me to say, this is a scam that's going on out there. I got one of these phone calls, get the word out. I could refer them to the Scam Tracker website and say, please go to this website and please put in the information that you have about this particular scam. And then that will help others see where these scams are being perpetrated, where they're rampant. So, Rick, you were kind enough to come to our Tri-Counties Fraud Working Group meeting and give a presentation. Do you also go out and speak at at other events in other venues? Yeah, I do, and and I have staff who do as well, and we're doing a lot more of that than we used to a few years ago, just mainly because we're trying to take our service out to the public and remind them what we do. So yeah, if anybody would like us to uh, speak in an event, just give me a call and I'm happy to do it or have someone else. And again, we do have an office now in Ventura County and we have great uh, meeting rooms and things like that. So we can even set up an event with a group or organization. So yeah, we're, we're all ears. That would be great. And again, can you give us the number that somebody would call if they want you to speak at one of their events? Of course, 805 and then 963- 8657. 
Okay, 805-963-8657. And I really encourage people to do that because Rick gives a great presentation. It's very informative. It's entertaining. And Rick, I know one of the things that you do talk about are current scams operating in our community. So can you give us an idea about the kinds of things that you're seeing out there now that seem to be prevalent? As soon as you identify one kind of scam, they they kind of morph into something else. One of the best things that people can do to avoid getting hung up in a scam is to just slow down. Don't act emotionally. Scam Mm -hmm. artists... You know, they know how to push your triggers. They know how to get you motivated to do whatever they want. So always, always, always remember, you know, if if it's so urgent that you have to do something today, well, if it's legitimate, you can do it tomorrow, you know, and take the time to to look into it a bit. Remind people that all the time. Um, There's so many, like, housing scams going on. You know, we're seeing a lot of that. Like, you know how expensive, yeah. A lot of times people will use Craigslist as a platform to scam people. You know, you'll see, for instance, a you know, two-bedroom, one-bath in Santa Barbara for rent for, you know, $1,500 or something, which we all know is, is not realistic. But to people who want to move to this beautiful area, they say, oh, you know, they might think, oh, this is what I've been looking for. And then, sure. you know, they they enter their information. Next thing you know, the, the uh, perpetrators want to deposit, you know, and then next thing you know, they got your bank information and you have no money left in the bank. So wow. we see that an awful lot. And employment scams the same way. Maybe the worst one, we still consistently hear about the romance scams. It's a joint effort, and you guys are working on so many of the same things. So much of what you're saying, Rick, is what Vicki has been drilling into us. So this is great that it's collaboration between us. I know. We're so happy to have you on board. And I think the advice that you gave a moment ago take a moment, pause, press the pause button. Don't be in such a hurry. And if you have questions while you're pressing that pause button and wondering if this is this wonderful deal, but you have to act so quickly, call Better Business Bureau, call our fraud hotline and check it out and see what we can find out for you. Don't jump too quickly into something just because somebody is putting on a lot of pressure. That's how people get trapped into some of these scams. Patty, did you have any other questions? Well, I just want to thank you both. Even though if you have any risk of being scammed, it is very important to press the pause button, but don't do it right now because you need to stay tuned. (laughs) Because up next, the Better Business Bureau of the Tri-Counties has their segment, Your Moment of Trust. And today's topic is one you will not want to miss. It's on a serious violation of personal privacy that can wreak havoc on our lives. Identity theft. What could be worse? Anyway, so stay tuned and thank you both for being here today. Take care. Thank you so much, Patty. You're listening to News Talk, KTMS 990, Santa Barbara. Welcome 
to this week's edition of Your Moment of Trust. If you've tuned in previously, you already know we've been sharing a lot of information on protecting personal privacy. This week, the BBB of the Tri-Counties would like to warn you about a potentially massive violation of your privacy. We've all heard the horror stories. I'm talking about identity theft. Identity theft involves someone taking your personal information such as your name, social security number, or financial account number and using it for an unlawful purpose. Given today's pervasive use of electronic devices, you are increasingly more susceptible. In fact, in 2018, more than 14 million consumers were affected. And to add insult to injury, Identity theft can take a long time to detect. Long before you even know you've been scammed, your assets, credit, and reputation could be affected. The good news is there are precautions you can take. Treat your personal information as the precious commodity that it is. Shred any documents you don't need that contain your social security, bank account, or other private account information. Also, destroy old credit cards, expired licenses, and other vital information. Be vigilant about your vulnerability. This means being very suspicious of unsolicited emails, texts, social media outreach, and phone calls, especially if the person is trying to obtain your personal information. If you are wary, check with the Better Business Bureau. They regularly track and report on current scams in your area. Don't forget to ward off hackers. A wise IT person once said, Passwords are like undergarments. Never share them and change them often. Good advice. Also, use different passwords for each online account or website. Remember, the best offense is a good defense. Be proactive and you'll reduce your risk of being hacked or scammed. However, if you do suspect you've been a victim of identity theft, Take action immediately. First, analyze your situation. There are many aspects to your identity that can be compromised. Check your credit, your bank accounts, your taxes, your employment records, your government benefits, and your medical records. Next, alert one of the three credit reporting agencies. Equifax, Experian, or TransUnion will place a fraud alert with all agencies. And be sure to take advantage of your right to a free credit report. You should also check all of your financial accounts for unauthorized activity. Close any accounts that may have been opened without your knowledge or permission. Next, if you use your computer, phone, and other electronic devices to access sensitive information, check for potential hacks, run your antivirus software program, or take your device to a reputable consultant who can do this for you. Be sure to also file a complaint with the Federal Trade Commission and your local police department. By filing first with the FTC, you can print a copy and give it to your local law enforcement officials. Lastly, report this violation with the Better Business Bureau Scam Tracker Program at BBB.org. Even if you're unsure what may have happened to you, report it anyway. This will alert other potential victims of a possible scam. By following these common sense precautions associated with identity theft, you can reduce your vulnerability and avoid the extraordinary inconvenience and damage that it can cause you. Remember, together we can advance marketplace trust. Until next time. Hi, I'm Renee from the Better Business Bureau of the Tri-Counties. 
Together, we can advance marketplace trust. Feel free to stop by our office at 211 East Victoria Street, Suite A, or call us anytime at 805-963-8657. Until next time.